It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Sorry. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the BIJ podcast because we're not talking about ice hockey at all. Um, we're talking about the Super Bowl and the NFL. So, um, Nick, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. Yourself, Rambo? I'm doing very, very well. So, the reason we've got this, Nick, is because a bit like you who are a bit you're a bit more of a casual NFL fan would you say not as into it as I am perhaps yeah it's a it's a Sunday afternoon it's normally uh it's on a watchable time put it that way the early games on a Sunday afternoon and I've got Sky and watched Super Bowls before and kind of used to enjoy um the Kings had quite a long-running tradition with one of our sponsors that we'd turn up to and do a Super Bowl party and that was a big part of kind of our social calendar so yeah so more of a more of a casual, uh, casual NFN, NFL fan than a kind of nuts and bolts guy, but yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I am po- possibly a big sports geek. Um, the jury's out. <clears throat> no, it's not. Um, my fiance. That's an, that's an understatement, Rambo. You yeah. are a big sports geek. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I decided to to grab a couple of interviews just to uh, to more inform people about the uh, the, the upcoming Super Bowl talk rules. Um, so. Uh, the first interview I had was with a guy called Roger Goodgoes, a referee. Um, so if you're not sure of the rules of American football, how you score points or how you uh, how you play the game, um, then this is quite this is the pod for you in that respect. So uh, I'll just uh, we'll sling it over to the Roger interview now. Hello, and I'm going to welcome uh, Roger Goodgoes, who's a American football referee in Britain and also a moderator for NFL UK. Hello, Roger. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Richard, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, so, Roger, the reason we, we brought you on was just to um, uh, find out a little bit more about the intricacies of, of the NFL and the, and the, the big game coming up um, on Sunday, the 7th of February. Um, but first and foremost, could you tell us just a little bit how you got into American football? Yeah, um, oh, a long time ago, um, back in the early 80s, I was um, a fan of watching it on the TV, but not really understanding what was going on. I used to play rugby league, and uh, when I moved down south from Hull, which was where I was at the time, to the Midlands, there was no rugby league down there. Um, just so happened that a friend of mine who'd moved down with me had spotted an advert in the local paper for a team that was starting up, Northampton Stormbringers. So I was one of the first people to play uh, uh, competitive football in the UK. Uh, I played for quite a few years, then I coached, and then children came along, took all my interest away and time. And then when I came back to it, I came back as an official. Okay, so it's very much the old adage of those who can't do teach, and then those who can't teach <laughs> become referees. <laughs> That's it. Um, so uh, just for some of the listeners who are maybe a bit new to um, to American football, what what are sort of the main things they should be looking out for? I mean, how do teams sort of, what's the main goal of teams and how do they win the game? Yeah, sure. Um, 
as in many sports, the main goal is to score more points than the opposition, as stupid as it sounds. But uh, the way you do it in American football is you either one of two things. You get advance the ball in the opponent's end. If you think like rugby, the try area, that's where you need to get to. But you don't need to touch it down. And that's the easiest way to con- confuse an American when you talk about American football and you tell them you're a fan. You say, why do they call it a touchdown? Because they don't touch it down. But it's it's due to its history. It comes from its roots within rugby. Um, but nowadays, they you can either run it in um, or you can throw the ball to one of your teammates um, who can advance the ball, either get it into the end zone directly, catching it in the end zone or catching it short of the end zone and then running it in. They're the predominant ways. The other one is to kick um, points uh, like rugby again between the posts over the uh, crossbar. Uh, that scores you some points as well. Um, after you've in rugby, you have a chance to kick some extra points uh, and those kicks are worth one point. Or you can instead choose to try and run the ball or throw the ball, and they're worth two points. Uh, so they're the predominant ways. And then the field goal, which is basically kicking it between the posts from further out, that's worth three points. Okay, and am I right in thinking you could also uh, kick a drop goal in, in uh, American football? So yes, you can. You don't see it very often, um, but the the rugby roots come back into play, and they can actually do that. They don't, generally speaking, because particularly good kickers in that respect. American football is a game of specialists. You you have people who are offensive-minded, you have defensive-minded people, and you have what's called special teams. And special teams include the kickers, uh, both punters, um, which we'll come back to in a minute, no doubt, when we talk about why they're needed, and the, the people who kick the, ex- the extra points and the field goal attempts. They are specialists. Now, now the punter is, a, again, if you think... Anybody who's in rugby league will understand the basic principles of American football, which is you have a number of attempts to gain yardage. If you don't succeed in getting that yardage, then you give the ball over to the opposition after you've had your number. If you're not going to make that on the next attempt, rather than give it to them in a good field position, you punt the ball downfield as far as possible and chase it down and try and stop them as quick as possible to make it harder for them to advance the ball to your end zone, just like you would in rugby. Okay, and just I think you cut it just a little bit there. Was that so? You get four, it's four attempts essentially to go ten yards, isn't it? Yeah, and this is where it differs from the rugby league because in rugby league you have a number of attempts and that's it. You use those attempts up or you give it away. In American football, it's a little bit more complicated. They have four attempts to make ten yards. If they make those ten yards, they have another four attempts to make ten yards. Um, whereas obviously in rugby, you know it's five attempts and then they're giving it away after that fifth attempt anyway cool cool okay and i think there's one other method of scoring which people um i get confused with quite a lot um, certainly, <laughs> uh, which is uh you thinking a, of a safety i am thinking of a safety um, could you maybe yeah. just talk us through that please yeah well? it's a bit like an own goal if you think of it in, in soccer terms um basically if you're caught with your ball in your own end zone rather than the opponent's end zone, then that's like an own goal. And that's worth two points to the other team. Um, In addition to those two points, the team that just conceded the safety have to kick out the ball from their own 20-yard line. So you basically give it back to the opposition as well. And it's a game of possession. And obviously having the ball is an advantage. So you gain the points and you get the ball back. Now, just to, just because some people will maybe scream safety at certain points during the game if they're if they're new to it, um, 
I'm right in thinking a safety you have to have essentially taken it into your own end zone first and then been tackled there. Is that right? Generally speaking, yes. There are a number of um, conditions, but the, the, the basic premise is who's responsible for it being there, whether it's passed back, um, run back, fumbled back, uh, which is basically when you lose possession by uh, uh, letting go of it, basically. Um, <laughs> if you are responsible for being there and it ends there, or it ends out the back of the end line, so off the field, then it's worth two points to the opposition. Um, and it's all to do with what we call impetus, which is the impetus to the ball, who's responsible for that being there. And the different impetus is responsible for uh, whether it becomes a safety, or if the impetus was in there, but the opposing team grabbed the ball in that end zone, then they score a touchdown. Um, so there, there are a variety of different things that can come in into play. Cool, cool. So that's how that's how you score. Now, uh, like ice hockey, uh, which is the, the main thing we do in our podcast, there's a number of penalties in, uh, in American <laughs> football, and the rule book is probably one of the most confusing things I can imagine uh, there ever being. <laughs> it is quite complex, yes. Yeah. What are the what are the main penalties we might see in the Super Bowl? Um, penalties are really broken down into three elements. So if we just cover them so you have five yard penalties which are procedural penalties so the offense snap the ball um if they do it incorrectly and there are a number of things they have to do in order for it to be legal they're penalized five yards so instead of first down with 10 yards to go they're now first down with 15 yards to go um so it's obviously quite an important penalty when you think you've only got to get 10 yards and you now got to get 50 percent extra by fouling The next ones are 10-yard penalties. These are uh, penalties best described as advantage penalties. So things like a holding. So if you hold somebody and stop them going where they're supposed to go, then that's a 10-yard penalty. Um, The 15-yard penalties are for safety fouls. Violent acts, uh, those sort of things, generally what comes into that uh, thing, like tripping the runner, hitting them late, hitting them unnecessarily, hitting them when they're out of bounds, those sort of things come to a 15-yard penalties. In the NFL, they have uh, a thing called pass interference, which is when you're trying to catch the pass that's been thrown to you, the other team are not supposed to interfere with your opportunity to catch it other than themselves trying to catch it or knocking it away. And if they do, the penalty in the NFL is the spot at which you were fouled. Now, if obviously if you just ran down the field 60 yards to catch this pass and then you're fouled at that point, it's a 60 yard penalty because it's imposed from that point rather than from the original point and 15 yards further forward. So that's a quite a severe one. And the NFL has it slightly different to college sport, which is only has a maximum of 15 yards. That was what I was just going to ask you was uh, um, what what is a spot file for those who don't know? But essentially it's a pass interference penalty. Is that is that correct? Yeah, not always. Um, basically, there are a number of spots in American football. You have you started from. So where you snap the ball from, um, you could have the spot of the f- foul. Um, or you could have a penalty tagged on to the end of the run, and that would be a spot, um, or the end of a kick, that would be another spot. So there are a variety of spots depending on situational, um, and depending on the penalty, they would be enforced from the previous spot, the post-possession spot, uh, the post-kick spot, etc. So it it varies depending on what you're doing at the time. Hence why it's quite complex. (laughs) (laughs) And 
Um, one of the things I find is I watch a lot of rugby um, when I'm not watching ice hockey or American football, and uh, sometimes if rugby's obviously on in the afternoon, American football starts at six normally yep. on a Sunday. Um, I find myself shouting high tackle at the TV and things like that. Um, and obviously there isn't really necessarily a high tackle rule, but what are the sort of um, primary rules in tackling for safety sake in, in America? Yeah, a lot, lot more relaxed than you would in rugby. And, and it's probably worth mentioning, um, comparing rugby to American football. A lot of people say, well, you know, rugby's, uh, rugby's a man's game. American football's for Nancy's because they wear helmets and pads. Um, if you look at the history of American football, they didn't used to wear any sort of padding. And um, unlike in rugby, where you generally tackle the ball carrier, the objective in American football is to knock the opponents out of the way so that your ball par- carrier can advance, which means on every play, nearly everybody's going to contact with somebody. And they had quite a few deaths from um, head injuries, and therefore they started wearing leather helmets, um, and then uh, they advanced some more solid helmets. And obviously, if you then got a solid helmet, you've then got to protect yourself from the helmet. That's where the shoulder pads come from. Um, so as a result of having that extra padding and, and helmet, people are a little bit more, I hesitate to use the term reckless, but it's a bit like when you're driving in a car. It's a lot easier when you're safe in this cocoon of metal than, let's say, if you're a pedestrian. And, and that's the best way of thinking about it. You've got this cocoon of safe around you, and therefore they use it to batter um, people, um, ball carriers, knock the ball away, that sort of thing. So they will use helmets, uh, some of which is legal, some of which isn't. And you know, if we had all day, we could cover how you're allowed to legally use a helmet and how you're not. But uh, I, I think... Everybody would be bored by then. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, now, you were talking about, um, we, we had it, we touched on punting. Um, I'm hoping there's not lots of punts um, in the Super Bowl because uh, yep. we're going to see two of the best uh, quarterbacks to ever play the game in uh, Brady and Mahomes. But um, in, terms of, in terms of punting, one of the fi- fi- another thing that I find odd as obviously a rugby fan is the team that's kicking the ball when they they catch it, the game just kind of stops. So could you talk us through the sort of the procedure and punting for anyone that's watching? Yeah, it? it's it's similar to certainly to rugby league. Um, you're trying to kick it as far away as possible, and you're then trying to stop the opposing team getting as far back as they can towards your line. So it's a game of territory. Now there are some things like in rugby where you can take a mark. Um, the same thing applies in American football. You can call for a fair catch, which basically means you agree not to advance it and they agree not to hit you. And that therefore you take over the possession at the, the point you caught it rather than the coin, point you ran it back. OK. Um, and they, they can, of course, sometimes you'll see the uh, the team that's catching the ball, they'll move out the way and just let the ball bounce. Why, why would a team do that? Yeah. Um, so... If, as you're giving up the ball, um, it isn't live once it's gone past the line of scrimmage. So the opposing kick team, the, the one that's receiving the kick, can choose just to let it roll dead. And if it's a poor kick, obviously that, that's a good thing because that gives you a good field position. Um, or if it goes into the end zone, that becomes what's called a touchback, which means I then take the ball at the 20-yard line rather than at the point that I got it, which might be the five-yard line. Sometimes it's a calculated risk. Am I going to take it at the five and try and run it back and, let's say, get 10 yards to the 15? 
or do I hope that it goes into the end zone and I can come out automatically to the 20 without any effort? Um, so it's a little bit of a trade-off between the risk-reward. Um, so on a punt, you're giving it up, and therefore they can just let it roll down if they want to. If it touches the opposition, then it becomes a live ball, and then the other team who just kicked it can recover it. No, I'm right in thinking they so, recover it. With so the again, yeah, that's the reason why they might not touch it, because it's a risky one. They might get hit straight away. They might therefore lose that ball, and that, that ball then is live, and the opposition can get hold of it. And of course, the example of that would be would be last night's um, championship game, uh, in which Captain City essentially gave um, the Buffalo Bills false hope by <laughs> by muffing the punt. Um, yes, correct. An interesting one that one is, is. Many people were confused. So what happened there was that the receiver for the kick was about the ten yard line. He went to catch it, missed it, and it bobbled. Um, towards about the three-yard line um, where the Bills picked it up and advanced it into the end zone. And people were saying, well, why isn't that a touchdown? Well, the rules on the kicks are that, yes, if it was touched by the opposition, they can recover it, but they can't advance it. And therefore, they got the ball as soon as they took over possession, not where they ended up. Okay. Okay, that 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 makes sense because that's a rule that slightly confuses me is when they can <laughs> they can advance it and when they can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now, just on that, uh, briefly, if the um, guy catching the ball had possessed it rather than just touched it, then they can advance it. So, again, the subtle variation. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't, depending on whether it was just touched or possessed. Okay, and the last rule that I think that a lot of people will conf- – the main one that confuses me, I have to say, and I've been watching a while, but for somebody new um, – what constitutes a catch in American football? Yeah, uh, it, it is uh, one that has brought a number of um, confusion over the years, but it's been simplified in recent years. So let, let's take the, the actual definition. Um, you have to control the ball. Now, when we think of catch, we think of somebody getting their hands on the ball. That isn't the catch being completed. That is control. Then they've got to get two feet down in the field of play. Or another body, like a knee, let's say. And um, then they have to perform a football move or have had time to do one. And that's normally things like turn up field, um, brace themselves for contact, etc. That's the definition of a football move. And if they've done all of those, then they have successfully caught the ball and it is a catch. Okay, okay. Because I, I think I remember earlier in the season being a little bit confused when I think it was it was the Rams against, I can't remember who it was against, but Jalen Ramsey puts a big hit in on one of the receivers of the other team. The ball comes loose. I'm cheering because I think it's a fumble and the Rams are going to score a touchdown. Yeah. And then the, it turns out it's... Yeah. Really and and the reason there was that the while the receiver put his hands on the ball and got feet on the ground, before he'd had the chance to do the football move, the ball came loose. And therefore it's an incomplete pass if it went to the ground. Okay. Okay, I, I kind of follow. I kind of follow it now, and it's thanks to your <laughs> your tutelage on NFL UK that um, that um, that helps everyone. I think on on there calm down a little bit when we're getting a bit heated on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have a, a weekly blog all about um, American football officiating because it is quite a complex area, uh, and I cover some of those 
weekly uh, in terms of catch processes and explain why this one wasn't and this one was um, and the different variations because there are a, a few subtle other variations if if the receiver when he catches the ball is also going to the ground he needs to survive hitting the ground as well and sometimes the ball will come back as he hits the ground and that therefore isn't a catch um, so there are some variations on that yeah, yeah. So, um, what you said, you've got a blog there for anyone that's interested, maybe learning a bit more about about the game of American football. What, what, what's your, uh, what, where can they find your blog? Uh, it's called the Roger Goodgrove's Officiating Podcast, and it's part of the Fourth and Inches NFL UK network. Um, these are guys that talk uh, about American football, general, normal shows, podcasts. But I have a, a specific one on the American football refereeing. Um, so that's that's a weekly at the moment through the season. OK. And finally, um, just before we get to you, we're going to ask everyone that comes on this podcast to give a prediction. But before we get to that, have, <laughs> have you ever have you ever, uh, you ever watched any ice hockey or, or do you? Is that... Yes, I I. I um... Well, various times through uh, through my life, I've lived in places that have had hockey teams and, and been down there. Until recently, I was actually in Slough, so I was watching the Slough Jets, um, obviously until COVID and everything come along. And um, my um, stepdaughter is actually um, um, living with uh, one of the hockey players, so I, I do know about hockey, so I wouldn't claim to be an expert, though. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Um uh, the other thing I was just going to say, of course, is we will have a lot of people that are watching watching the Super Bowl and maybe they are interested in even just watching American football grows. And I presume more people are welcome on the NFL UK group. Is that is that still? Oh, open? absolutely, yeah. Anybody who's interested in American football, even if it's just a casual interest, come along. You find out a little bit more about it and hopefully understand what's going on when you watch it, which always helps uh, um, rather than just confusion when you first look at it. And you also get um, Roger's sort of weekly uh, sort of weird stats updates and things that are history being made and playoff implications throughout the season. And things. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, some of that information comes from the league, not me. Um, but uh, I'm one of the moderators on the NFL UK official Facebook group, so have access to that. Okay. Um, and lastly, um, I know that you said that you didn't want to do too much of a preview of the game because um, the rules were more where it's at with you but um, if you're going to cut and we are recording this two weeks out from the Super Bowl so certain things will change rosters might change etc but right now who 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 do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I think it'll be Kansas City um, Kansas City are returning as Super Bowl champions and I think they have the experience and the firepower to beat Tampa Bay What's interesting about this one is Tampa Bay are the host of this. It, uh, the Super Bowl has moved through a variety of cities um, in the south, usually so that it's nice and sunny and, and warm in winter. Um, but there has never been a Super Bowl where one of the teams in it have had it as their home stadium. So this is unusual. So Tampa Bay are hosting the Super Bowl and are in the Super Bowl. And that's never happened before. And um, the reason why I'm going with Kansas City, the other one is I don't like um, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay team who used to be uh, at New England. And uh, so when I went to a Super Bowl, I was cheering against the New England Patriots. And um, so therefore, I would keep that going as well. Well, an interesting little anecdote for you then is that um, my grandfather and I used to go to all the all the games in London 
and uh, he, just uh, after Tom Brady, we had a rule that you could buy whatever jersey you wanted except the Patriots or a Cowboys <laughs> jersey. Good man. Um, but because Tom Brady moved and my grandpa loved American football before he passed away, he asked me um, to buy him a Tom Brady jersey now that he was in a different team. <laughs> so <laughs> he finally... <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady is very good. This will be his 10th appearance at a Super Bowl and he's looking for his seventh win. So uh, he uh, he's definitely somebody that you don't want to take for granted. Yes, and I think I, my understanding is that when he was in his first Super Bowl, the quarterback on the other team, Patrick Mahomes for Kansas City, would have been playing sort of peewee baseball or something. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick uh, Mahomes is the youngest quarterback to ever go to back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, so he's very young. Tom Brady's very old. He's in his 40s. So, uh, yes, that's certainly likely. Yes, yeah. Anyway, um, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's it's been a pleasure have, getting to chat to you um, and not just bothering you with my inane posts on a Sunday evening. Um, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to who might listen to this? I appreciate that you're you're kind of preaching to a different sort of crowd to, this evening. Every official. Uh, because it's a thankless task because everybody assumes they know what they're doing and everybody assumes they can do better and if you do want to try it out I would strongly recommend it because I thought I was uh, an expert in the rules when I used to play and when I used to coach I was the people that uh, person that people turned to to explain what just went on on the field and I thought I knew what I was doing and it was only when I studied to be a referee I realized how little I knew so I would definitely recommend it for anybody that's interested in American football, particularly people who might think, well, playing's not really for me. I'm a bit old for playing. Um, therefore, you can you can be an official. I didn't start officiating until I was in my 50s. Yeah, plus you get to throw laundry about as well, which is, yeah, added bonus. It's the only sport you can do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and talking, I mean, you talked about the London Games. Um, the British officials provide the chain crew now we talked about the the team needing to get 10 yards in four attempts well they measure that with a a piece of chain um and they spread that out and say this is where they need to get to and then they count the uh, the downs on a box uh, to indicate where they are and we provide the chain crew so we are the people holding that chain at the sideline at Wembley and Tottenham and holding the box so if you are an American football referee in the UK you have a chance to be pitch side as well oh brilliant well there you go that's a good advert for that and um, the same sentiment is shared uh, for those of you who uh, think you know all the rules in ice hockey as well go and take up refereeing <laughs> absolutely yeah it's a good crossover <laughs> thank you so much for your for your time roger um You're welcome. it's been a it's been a pleasure speaking to you so there we are nick um he uh obviously always good to hear from a referee that's your favorite thing to hear from isn't it it is like uh normally it's nice to hear them in this kind of setting rather than when they're barking at you over something that you've done wrong but um but no it's it's always insightful to hear, hear people's uh people's opinion okay and then just we'll we'll keep it short because we've obviously got two interviews. But the uh, the second interview I've got is actually interestingly with a guy called the Pen, who's a Glasgow Warriors rugby fan. And the reason I know this guy Nick, and I don't know if you know you know about this project I had, but um, Scotland rugby was going to can its sevens program, uh, rugby sevens, um, years ago. And uh, myself and the Pen have never spoken until this interview. Um, we uh, we put together. A petition that was the pen that put that together we started a hashtag save our sevens sos 
and uh, he is also a big NFL fan in, in terms of supporting Seattle. So I thought I'd have a little chat with him just about his predictions for the Super Bowl. So um, here he is now. Hello, everybody, and I'm joined with, with a very special guest, uh, Dave Arnott, a.k.a. The Pen GW on Twitter. Um, how are you doing, Dave? I'm good, thanks. How are you, pal? I'm good, I'm good. And, and welcome to, um, I suppose, a podcast that's a little bit outside your area, um, and ice hockey. Do you, do you follow the ice hockey at all? Uh, yeah, I've been to a few. Uh, I've been to a few clan games, and I'm sort of a New York Rangers fan from my bubbles. Fair enough. Um, but the less said about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, rugby. Rugby is more your more your niche, um, and obviously, you and I sort of uh, became aware of each other. I think it was about five years ago now. It would be, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, five years, yeah. And um, that was to do with the the Save Our Sevens campaign with Scott Scottish Rugby. Do you want to do you want to tell the people a bit about that just so they can they can kind of get a connection? Oh, so so there was a a strong possibility at the time that Scotland were going to do away with the sevens team, and uh, decided to start a petition to see if we could uh, we could save them, and uh, we got a pretty phenomenal response to it, and. Sure enough, they decided to keep the team on, so bit of a victory for the fans, you know. Yeah, definitely, um, and it was quite cool getting some of the international rugby players like sharing it and stuff like that as well. Aye, that was that was unbelievable getting getting some of these guys from South Africa and New Zealand to save it. So yeah, I d- couldn't I couldn't have imagined that that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. and if, and for your sins, of course, you are a Glasgow Warriors season ticket holder. I am indeed, yes, for um, many, many sins that I've committed over the years. Yeah, and um, and the, the irony is, I'm I'm an Edinburgh fan, and our NFL uh, fandom, I guess, is a kind of similar opposite sides of the track as well. Yeah, yeah, I say, uh, I, I, I just picked Seattle as my team, to be honest, and I uh, here we are, all these years down the line. And, the first Super Bowl I watched them in, they managed to throw it away to the Patriots, so yeah, delighted. <laughs> oh, so you didn't pick them up the year before, when they? <laughs> I know, I know. I, th- I thought to myself, oh, here we go, that should be good. No, nope. of course, throw the interception, brilliant. So just before we go into talking about the Super Bowl and getting some, some predictions and things from you, mm-hmm. um, t- tell us a bit about how you uh, how you got into sort of sport in general and, and ultimately writing for Scrum Magazine uh how did that all come about? Um, uh, do you know what? It all came about slightly by chance. I, I bought, I can't remember what year it was. In fact, 2000, 2007 it was. Um, bought a couple of tickets for Scotland, South Africa. And really liked it, really enjoyed it. At that time, the way the SRU did the tickets, it was um, if you bought a ticket for the game, you get entered into the ballot for the, the sort of bigger Six Nations games. So I actually managed to get two tickets for Scotland, England, which Scotland won that year. And uh, it's very rare these days. Eh? Uh, yeah, we won that year and I got hooked ever since. And that was me. And that's just continued when Scott Glasgow moved to Scots and I got myself a season ticket um, there. And it's just spiralled on from there. Scrum asked me to write for him, which was amazing. Um, and, yeah, just, just the last few years have just been a bit crazy with it. But ah, it's good fun. It's good fun. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, do you, do you find that because because you're a rugby fan, I suppose primarily, and that's your that's your your main fandom. Do you find that you're you're drawn to sort of contact sports like sort of well maybe ice hockey a little bit and that and also your American football. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, the the vast majority of the sports I tend to follow tend to be kind of contact um, football, American football, uh, ice hockey. Basketball, although that's not really so much, you know, so much contact. But yeah, it tends to be that kind of thing. Yeah, I tend to. I think I like violence. I think that's, not, I think that's the problem I've come across. <laughs> well, it's, I suppose if you're watching it in a controlled environment, it's better than what some people get up to. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, we're we're just a week away from the Super Bowl. We're recording on Monday the first for anyone that's listening. In. Um. And uh, we've got Tom Brady uh, back for his five million Super Bowl against uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes um, of the Chiefs. Uh, are you uh, are you excited to watch the Super Bowl? What's what's your plans for Super Bowl night? Yeah, uh, the first thing I did was take the next day off work. That was the very first thing I did was made sure I had a holiday for the next day. Uh, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. I think it's going to be. I think it could be a classic. I really do. You know, Brady. I mean, as you said. I mean, how many how many Super Bowls now? What ten are we into? Um, different class, different class. As much as that annoys me, but you know, he's just unbelievable. And the fact that I think we're getting to get, see him go up against probably the the pretender to the throne. You know, that the the one who's going to carry on for for a number of years, Mahomes, is just going to be epic. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you're actually hitting the nail on the head. You know. Um, it's it's kind of like when when Scotland play uh, play New Zealand, you, you know, you want Scotland to win, but you kind of just have to sit there and accept how good New Zealand are. And it's the same with Tom Brady. You want you want to see him lose, but you just have to accept how good he is. I think. Is well, that... yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, you watch like the game against Atlanta, where they were dead and buried. You know, they were dead and buried against them, and all of a sudden he comes back and he wins the the Super Bowl against. Uh, LA didn't look like they were going to do anything. Guy wins it. So again, the, the one against the Seahawks as well. To be fair, they looked like they were probably going to lose. All of a sudden, you know, tables turn and they've won. The guy's just different class. Yeah, I, it pains me to say it, but he's just different class. So yeah, yeah. I can... You know what do you what do you do? <laughs> you, you bet against them? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can. Um, I think. I think in. Well, in ice hockey terms, he probably reminds me a little bit of maybe like say Wayne Gretzky, you know, the the sort of the best player in ice hockey. Yeah. Um, for for that sort of thing, more modern day maybe. Uh, although he's quite young as well as uh, Conor McDavid, you know that sort of thing. But in yeah. in, in your uh, in in rugby terms, he kind of reminds me, and this is another person that annoys me more than anyone in rugby of Johnny Sexton. Is that, <laughs> is that something you would agree with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can get that. I get that totally. <laughs> yep. He whines, he moans, and yet yeah, he's still so good at what he does. <laughs> and he just, I mean, the things he's done over the years, I mean, considering, you know, you look at some of these guys, some of these quarterbacks, their number one picks, they've got, you know, million, millions and millions of dollars in contracts. And this guy was picked, what was it, 199th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's turned out to be just... Incredible, and you know, people thought, well, he can only do it when he's part of Belichick's team. 
first season in another place and he goes and gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's actually been in the league longer than the Houston Texans have been in the league, which is impressive as well. Just the you know the longevity of it too. You know, to yeah. be playing that long in a contact yeah. sport. Uh, that's I mean, he's kept himself fat over the years and he's kept himself pretty pretty injury free and. It just goes to show you that age is really no barrier. And I mean, you've you seen with the, 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 the long shot he had against the Packers that the arm's still there as well. Nah, nah. Uh, maybe eating, it was an avocado ice cream it was saying it was eating. Maybe we should all be doing that. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that one for him. Yeah. Um, now, uh, just... Uh, it's 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 interesting to know how everyone's how everyone's going to be watching the game. I I know everyone's going to be watching it from home this year. Uh, yeah. But what what sort of are you getting? Are you getting a, a pizza in? Or are you, you putting some wings on? What was what's your plans? Yeah, well, the last I didn't do it last year right enough, but a couple of years before that, uh, me and a couple of mates went to the pub and it was beers and it was wings and it had uh, a great time. But yeah, this year, yeah. Sucks this year, but hey ho. Well, uh, yeah, I'll get something in. I'll get some beers in, and as I said, I've got the next day off work, so don't have to worry about that. Maybe get some. Maybe get some. Do you know what pizza sounds good actually? <laughs> we put that idea in my head now. Um, yeah, sit, sit up and do that, and then hope that the five-year-old doesn't come in in the morning and try and wake me up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, my my plan is to get the uh, the biggest Papa John's you can get. Have a little drip for tea, and then you've got rest to nibble on to keep you awake during the game. So yes, um, that sounds like a. <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of, in terms of the game itself, what, what what are you expecting to see in terms of scoring? Uh, you think it'll be a high scoring game or a defensive battle? I I think it will be pretty high scoring actually. Uh, I I'd be surprised if it's not. I mean. As I said, Brady Brady's been throwing them throwing bombs for the last few weeks. Um and Mahomes is I mean the mobility of the guy is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I I just I can't see you know, we had the Rams was it Rams and Patriots a couple of years ago where it was so, so tight. Yeah, thirteen three. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't see that. I mean those those were two of the best defences at that time, just shutting each other out. This this doesn't have that feel about it. This feels like they'll be it'll be pretty high scoring. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that just when you think you've got Mahomes figured out, he seems to do something. Oh. I mean, he he just gets out of trouble, you know, and he's got such speed and such ability, and the the fact that he can just play that ball with you know minimum minimum arm is just unbelievable, and then. You've got Brady with all the weapons that he's got available to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of in terms of points, of us to give you an over under and set it at sixty five, what would you what would you think? Do you think we go over sixty five points in total or under? Eh, uh, what was it? Over yeah. over or under sixty five? <laughs> yeah, over or under sixty five points in the game altogether. Eh, uh, it'll end up being about sixty now. But do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it goes over sixty five. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wouldn't. I think it's got that ability. I think, don't get me wrong, two good defences, but uh, these guys are just they, they, these quarterbacks and the, the the players that they've got around them to to throw the ball to, and even the running game as well. I mean, they're just they're loaded. 
They're absolutely loaded, so I, I would not be surprised if it goes over 65 either. It'll, as I said, it'll now end up 6-3. But yeah, it's always the way. If you predict one thing, it'll be it'll be something guaranteed. else. Guaranteed. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, we asked this question to, to one of the other guys, uh, to, to Travis, who we we have on you know, on his pod about this, mm-hmm. but um, do do you think outside the quarterbacks, who are obviously the favourites to be MVPs, do you think do you think we're there's a chance that an, a defensive player can maybe grasp it, someone like Honey Badger or something like that on the defensive side of the ball? I wouldn't be surprised. I think if you if you get somebody, it's getting to the quarterback. If if one of these guys gets to the quarterback, then I wouldn't be surprised if if they end up being, you know, MVP. But I think I think they're the they're the they're the real key to if you can shut them down, which everybody finds particularly difficult. But if you can shut them down, then yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up with a with a defensive MVP. Yeah, yeah, and uh, obviously being from the the rugby world, are you looking forward to all the usual tweets from rugby outlets of oh that's a forward pass, um, knock on, and all this sort uh, of stuff. <laughs> every year without fail. <laughs> <laughs> Every year. Oh, why is it called football if they don't? Yeah, all right, very good. Okay. Yeah, it's the same pattern every year from uh, from rugby outlets. I think, unfortunately. Every every single time. <laughs> every single time. Um, I uh, one thing I like seeing in Super Bowls and that I've seen it as a is a prop bet they put in every year. Is it? Is the is the old uh, will there be a safety prop bet? Do you, do you think we'll see a safety this year? Do you think anyone can get to these two in that in that you know in that end zone? I would say I would say it's more likely to get to Brady just because of the mobility factor mm. he's not as mobile as he is. He well actually to be fair he's never been the most mobile of, of quarterbacks but he's not the most mobile and I think Mahomes has got enough to get out of trouble mm-hmm. but I don't know if Brady has if he finds himself in that kind of situation then yeah it could it could easily be a safety, to be honest. Cool, cool. Um, right. Well, obviously, I've asked you a bit about the about the Super Bowl and stuff, and I've asked you a bit about certain props. But uh, mm-hmm. if we were to ask you what the score is going to be, what would you say? I'm gonna say. Let me think. I'm gonna say 40-27 Kansas. That's that's interesting. Uh, my uh, one of my coaching colleagues called it 41-27 uh, oh. to Kansas. So. Uh, very very close there in your in your predictions. I, I I just I mean you can never write Brady off, but I just think Mahomes has maybe just got that little bit extra. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I, I have it at, um, being thirty one twenty eight with a, a field goal to win it. Oh. Um, but uh, I mean, are we talking? Are we talking last minute field, or last second field a, goal? A, a Harrison Butker on the at the death here. Oh. Um, I don't know what odds you'd get on Paddy Power for that, but <laughs> I'd, I'd look it up if I was you. <laughs> um, but of course, it comes down to coaching a little bit as well, and I, I do think, and I don't know if you agree with this, that um, the Kansas City team they have, uh, as they call him, Big Red Andy Reid on the sideline, mm. um, which is I think he's maybe got a little bit more experience now than perhaps Bruce Arians on the other side. Well, he's he's got, I mean, he's he's, he's defending champion as well, so you know he's got that. He's got that in his locker. He knows what to what to expect when he gets back there again. You know, been there, seen it, done it. That does count for a lot. And to do it last season and then do it this season would be incredible. I think he's probably just got the edge. 
Yeah, no, I would, I would t- definitely agree. Now, obviously, the Super Bowl is not the only thing that's going on this upcoming weekend. And I well, there's other stuff. <laughs> there's other stuff. I can't have someone, I can't have someone like yourself on and not ask about this. Uh, <laughs> So it's the only time I'm the, uh, you know, I've got another Scottish compatriot on as well. So, it's, <laughs> um, so six, six Nations starts. Um, uh-huh. I think is it Italy France is the first game up in Scotland England is the second. So, yeah. Aye. Um, so we'll we'll assume that France will beat Italy because I think that's fair, a fair assumption. I would think I would think so. Aye. Yeah. Um, what, how do, how do you like Scotland's chances going to to Twickenham this weekend? Right, well, here's the kiss of death. I think we've got as good a chance, probably, as we've had for a long time. <laughs> we will now concede a record amount of points. Uh, it's, I think we've got a good chance. We've got a good chance. England have got a few injuries. Uh, a few injuries in key places as well. And I think our, our team's pretty strong. You know, you look at the players that we've got and... Even the guys that we can put on the bench now, you know what, I've actually got a shot. But it's just that, can they do it? I mean, what was it, 83 was the last time we won at Twickenham? I think so, yeah. I mean, you, you just wonder. It's, it seems to be ingrained. I mean, we thought we had a great chance when, when Cotter went down there and look what happened. So. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Brian Moore, I thought, give us the kiss of, kiss of death, the, Eng- the old English uh, hooker that, Right. Now a pundit said this is Scotland's best chance by far in a long time, and if not now, when? And uh, and then we got beat. Was it sixty? Oh, I forget oh. the exact score. Probably oh, fifty or sixty. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we got three tries, which apparently Eddie Jones was quite annoyed about. And you're like, well, you did score about eight on us. Uh, give us, give us something, will you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I tend to agree. Is it? It is as good a chance as any we've got. And do you think it, it's a big factor that I, I don't think there's going to be any crowd in, in Twickenham? Do you think that plays in our favour? Does it does it Could, sully the victory if we do win as well? It would be it would be nice to have a lot more Scots in the ground, obviously, if we if we do go on and win it. But I think it probably well. I mean, you've seen we've seen a lot uh, a lot this year with football and things that it it takes away that that extra element that, that the home team tends to have. Uh, you know, you don't have the crowd supporting you the same way. It's, it's not the same, you know, 60,000 folk watching you on the telly as opposed to, to, to being on the ground and singing and getting the anthems going and all the rest of it. I mean, it's going to be a very, very strange uh, kind of atmosphere. Uh, I don't know. If, I, I kind of hope they add crowd noise, to be honest, because if it's going to... If it's just listening to uh, Hoggy shouting for for eighty minutes, it's probably not going to be a lot of fun. But um, I I think it does I think it does take away that that home element. You know the crowd aren't the crowd aren't going to be on the backs of the opposition or or booing or cheering every every mistake that they make or what have you. So yeah, it I think it'll have a big factor actually. Yeah, I think the one thing I noticed in I know that ref, referees are, are impartial. I wouldn't suggest any referee mm. in any sport is deliberately biased, but I do think having a home crowd, in particular in a sport like mm. rugby, where there's a lot more going on <laughs> than, than meets the eye, um, I do think that home crowd advantage can maybe sometimes... Well, how, how many times do you see, you know, the, the, the ref goes to the TMO, it appears up on the screen, 
everybody starts booing because it's a it's a high shot or it's a you know a punch or what whatever it might be, and you know the 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 the, the home crowd they're just booing, there's jeering, there's this that right. So I think yeah, sometimes it does probably sway the referees. Whereas I think it's very much just going to be them looking at the screen thinking yeah okay that's that's such and such or that's you know we can let them away with that or whatever. It probably does change a big part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if you know that comes into the referees thinking that oh well the crowd you know the crowd are going to go on the back blah blah you know. So I I, I think we'll, I think it's going to be very strange. I I can't really imagine a Six Nations with no no crowd. Yeah, it's going it's going to be weird. I mean, I think the Wales the the wind down in Wales to me was I mean I was really happy obviously, um and uh, and. My fiance will tell you I'm a total fanboy for Jamie Ritchie, so him getting man of the match was uh, was was huge. But um, you know, it, it did it did sully it a little bit that there wasn't in Millennium Stadium, sorry, Principality Stadium. Aye, uh, what was it? Scarlets, wasn't it? Scarlets ground. Parked to Scarlets and Aye. yeah. So I didn't it. It had the feeling more of a of a friendly match than a Six Nations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we might see that a little bit. I think it might, maybe the first game or so might be a wee bit more tentative than it would normally be. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to ask you for some predictions on the Scotland England game, um, just to see. Just, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tie you to anything, um, but a couple of prop ones, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about the score. But uh, first one, Duhan van der Merwe, the most Scottish guy in the team, obviously. <laughs> and, um, how, do you think he gets over or under seventy five meters in this this game carrying the ball? I hope he gets over seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him get over seventy five. Um, the only the 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 games that I've watched them play for Scotland so far, they they've not figured out a way quite to get him involved yet. There was the there was a good try that he got um, in the Autumn Nations. But they need to get him more involved. If they get him more involved, then yes, he will. I'm quite sure make over 75. Yeah. But they need they need to get the service to him because there was a couple of games during that series where he's standing out the wing and he's of no use to anybody. You know, get get him involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, um, I don't know if you've been watching Edinburgh much with him, but um, it would seem that Gregor Townsend has a slightly better handle on him than than perhaps Cockrell does mm-hmm. in terms of getting the ball to him because. Especially when Finn came on against Georgia, it was yeah. like he immediately just became involved and scored a try straight away. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's that's the key to it. I mean, there's no point having somebody like him in the team if you're not going to get him involved and you're not going to get him the ball. You know, you'd be as well just having you'd be as well having another prop out there. You know, get <laughs> get him get the ball to him and let him do what let him, let him do what he does. Get the ball in open space and. People won't catch him. Yeah. Or at the or at the very least, uh, I can't I can't remember who it was. It might have been Georgia to begin with, but they doubled up on him. Well, that creates space for somebody else. So yeah, you know, yeah. give him give him the ball, give him the chance, and I'm quite sure it will come off. At the very least, it will create spaces. And uh, and and just one one last sort of prop question, and then we'll we'll talk about what the score might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, do do you think uh, who do, who do you think gets the sort of the scrum dominance? Who's gonna ha- who's gonna concede the most scrum penalty? Oh no, 
do you know what? I hate to say it, but it probably is. Yeah. I just... Sutherland, I think Sutherland's great. I think Ferguson's great. You don't have... Well, I imagine it'll probably be Turner that'll be, that'll be a hooker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just see us getting pinged more for it. Right, fair enough. And I always think that we uh, Nell's our best scrummager, but mm-hmm. he can't, if he doesn't if he doesn't start, there's no point in having him in the twenty three necessarily because yeah. he's not going to make an impact off the bench. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and everyone's going to wonder why I'm mentioning so many South African South African names. Uh, <laughs> it's all about residency, everyone. <laughs> we're filling them. We're filling them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and finally, uh, what do you see the what do you see the score being? Um, you can give me the one from your heart and from your head if you want. <laughs> no, I, do you know what? Why late or not, we'll win. We'll win, and I don't think it'll be comfortable. But let's 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 put it all in the light. We'll win. Yeah, I mean, I think we can, I think we can win certainly, and I'm I'm hoping that we do. Um, and you saying it's not com- you saying it's not going to be comfortable. To be fair, when we beat New- uh, Australia fifty odd points in Murrayfield, I didn't feel comfortable the entire game. So true, uh, <laughs> true. Uh, I think that goes. I that's a fair shout, actually. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever felt comfortable as a Scotland fan, to be honest. Oh, no. If you start to feel comfortable as a Scotland fan, that's when you should feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like, uh, what's it, it's the hope that kills you supporting Scotland. Oh, God, yes. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, before, Thank you very much. Uh, it's, been, it's been nice to finally, finally put a face to the... Uh, <laughs> to the name, well, a name to the name as well, because I've only, <laughs> only known you as the pen for the last uh, five years. But um, just uh, before before we go, we ask all our guests if there's anyone they want to give a shout out to, and then you can kind of blackmail them into listening, which helps our listenership numbers. So, <laughs> ah, of course, I'll give a give a big shout out to uh, to well, you know Craig, you know Craig Watson, the photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll no doubt know Peter Elder. He's, I know of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, just all the usual Twitter crew that we that that we banter with week in week out. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, there is one last thing I should probably ask you. Um, yeah. Well, while we're on, uh, Graham Love, who's a great, um, he's great with the memes and stuff. Can, can mm. you describe your your favourite Graham Love meme? Because I'm always interested to know what other rugby fans think of some oh. of these memes or his stories and stuff. Oh god, there was the hype train. That was pretty good. The hype train was good when he kept he kept yeah. having the, the little veer off like Scotland six Grand Slam. We lost the first game, but it veered off the Scotland Triple Crown, and then it veered off. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland beat Italy and come home without the wooden spoon. Uh, yeah, no, that is actually quite good. But um, there's all these guys on the on the internet. And they've got them in every sport, and I, I would urge people to go and follow them because they keep you entertained if nothing else. Oh god, I. Yeah. That's what that's what Twitter's great for, you know. It's it's meeting other people like minded and, and having a great laugh. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just for people spouting off and trying to start world wars, um, either. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep the political chat uh, to a minimum, though. Um, yeah, but so thanks very much for coming on. Um, it's been it's been great to great to chat to you on the yeah, on the podcast. Thanks very much for having. Me. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, putting you out your comfort zone with American football and asking you about ice hockey and stuff. So it's been it's been good to have you. Thank been brilliant. You. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. There we have it. That's all his uh, his predictions there, folks. So 
I don't think there's much left for Nick and I to talk about. We've already given our predictions over in uh, the first part of the Travis Ward interview. Um, unless, Nick, you want to change your mind now. Why? Are you saying that I'm wrong? <laughs> uh, not at all. Not at all. Um, so anyway, I'll just uh, we'll leave it at that and I'll say a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me.